I landed on a clump of screamingly orange mold or lichen or something and began to demorph. Within minutes, I was standing alone, an andalite in a bizarre underworld universe, cut off from the world outside. The bright hole was perhaps 500 feet at its longest, half that wide. The roof was no more than a hundred feet over my head. It was very large for a hole in the ground, but it felt very small. No rain had ever fallen here. No sun had ever shone here. The only light was from the greenish glow of the walls. A light that never grew brighter, never grew dim. It was alive, but dead feeling. A wonder of nature but a creeping, spirit-crushing place. In the center of the place was the only artificial object, a vertical cylinder, five feet tall, a foot in diameter. On the side was a control pad, showing glowing blue numbers. Right where Galoo said it would be, just as Endolite Intelligence agents had placed it. I looked cautiously around, but I saw no hork no taxons, no geds, just unnatural plants in an unnatural place. I exhaled, trying to shed my tension. Whoever decided to hide this thing here sure picked a good hiding place, I said. I began to trot toward the cylinder, but the ground was rough, rising, falling, overrun with mosses and molds and clumps of hideous flowers. There were no paths. I ended up having to step carefully, only able to hurry when I was sure of a place to leap. An explosion rocked the room. The concussion trapped in that hole knocked me off my feet and left me temporarily deaf. Brilliant light! Falling rock and debris. A hole had been blown into the top of the bright hole. Lyran sunlight streaming down in a blinding shaft. And down, down through the shaft of light, the hork dropped. Their fall was slowed by small rockets on their feet and tails. The rockets burned red. Two, four, a dozen hork warriors falling in slow motion, unlimbering their dracon beams. I could see them peering about as they fell, searching for the cylinder. And for me. I ran. I didn't care if I broke a leg. I ran. I leapt. I fell and lurched back up. It was a race between falling hork and me. The Dracon Beam stabbed at me, missed, and boiled a bright blue cabbage into steam. Just a few more feet. Suddenly, my hands were pressed on the cold metal. The code! What was the code? My fingers flew. Hethgafrashnur! A hork screamed. Ah! I felt a burn across my back, a glancing blow from a dracon beam. 
The code! The code! I entered it! Was I right? Had I remembered? Then... Sister Mond. The cool, thought-speak voice of the computer. Warning. This system is armed. I collapsed, leaning back against the cylinder. Galoo had said once they got confirmation that we had armed the system, they'd wait half an hour to give us time to escape. Half an hour would be too long. The Yerks would be able to disarm it by then. A huge hork hit the ground right in front of me. I punched the built-in communicator on the cylinder. This is Earth's Aximili, I said. Do it now! Do it now! Blow the Yerks off this planet! Vilshig Underwrite! The Yerk inside the hork screamed. I was calm. Shockingly calm. Detonation in ten seconds. The computer warned. Disarm that weapon! The hork commander yelled, switching to Gallard, the interstellar language. Seven? I don't think so, Yerk. This time, you lose. This time, you die. Five? The hork raised his Dracon beam in rage. You'll die first, Underlight scum! Three? He squeezed the trigger. The Dracon beam fired, point-blank range, five feet from my face. One. I literally saw the Dracon beam stop. The beam stopped in mid-air as time froze. I heard a... And suddenly, I was no longer there. Chapter 28 I felt the warm human skin beneath my six legs. What? I yelped. What the? Rachel yelled. Whoa! Whoa! I am serious. Whoa! Marco cried. This is way too strange. I was back. On Earth. In Mosquito Morph. We were all back. All back. And all at the same exact moment. We were in the hospital room, surrounded by human controllers who were busy firing human guns out the window at the bushes below, still trying to kill the Andalite. Me. But that was not the biggest problem I had. Because right then, as I sat on vibrating human flesh, surrounded by giant hairs, a huge, Sky-filling object came hurtling down toward me. No way! Rachel yelled. Axe, move out! I fired my wings. The object, five fingers, each as big around as a large tree, came slapping down at me. Ow! said Hewlett Aldershot Third, as he slapped the spot where I'd been busily biting him. Ow! he said again. The human, he's awake, one of the human controllers said. He's not supposed to wake up yet, another moaned. He's in a coma. What do we do? The visitor will kill us. The police are coming. We can't be taken. Run, run. What do we do with this Aldershot human? We have no orders. Run, someone yelled again, and this time the rest agreed. There came a loud vibrating thunder as the human controllers all raced from the room in a panic. 
Moments later, a frightened nurse came in. Oh, Mr. Aldershaw, you're... you're conscious. Of course I'm conscious, he said. Nurse, are you aware that this room is full of mosquitoes? Chapter 29 So, wait a minute here, Rachel said. We get zapped back here through zero space, one by one, at different times. But when we get back here, we all arrive at the same moment, and no time has passed. I nodded my human head. We were at the mall, at the place where the excellent food places are. I was in human morph, behaving perfectly like a human. Exactly, Rachel. Exactly. Exactly. We arrived back at the precise moment when we were snatched away. We were all yanked away at the same moment, so naturally we all arrived back at the same moment. Yanked. Yanked is such a strange word. Yank. Yankta. Yeah, Marco said. That's what's strange. The word yanked. Us turning into mosquitoes to suck some guy's blood so we could morph into him, and instead end up in the middle of some war to control psychic yellow frogs, and, oh, by the way, blowing up a small continent full of yurks, saving an entire species, then getting back here to find out Koma Man woke up from a mosquito bite delivered by a morphed alien-slash-deer-slash-scorpion-slash-four-eyed centaur. That's all totally normal. That's just an average day. Dear Diary, another boring average day. Though someone said yanked. I recognized his tone. Sarcasm. It is a form of humor. So I laughed using mouth parts. Ha! Ha ha! 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 I considered, then added, Ha! Prince Jake, Cassie, Markle, Rachel, and Tobias, in his own human morph, all stared at me. What? Was that? Rachel demanded. I laughed. Don't... Don't do that, Axe, Prince Jake said. It's disturbing somehow. Yes, Prince Jake. Don't call me Prince. I will call you the Jake, formerly known as Prince. Marco made a horrified face. Oh no, now he's making jokes. Bad, bad jokes. Actually, that was my joke, Prince Jake said stiffly. Oh, fine, I get it. You can't laugh at my jokes. Okay, great. I don't even care. I was an Andalite, all alone, far, far from home. Far from my own people. Except that sometimes, your own people are not just the ones who look like you. Sometimes, the people who are your own can be very different from you. Can we eat cinnamon buns now? I asked, hopefully. Bunza! Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel, and we have done it, folks. Another book down. Thank you all for sticking with me on this journey as we keep on moving forward. Actually, if 
funny thing about the next book, um, book 19 is my favorite book in the series. Uh, I really, really like that one. Can't do that yet, because chronologically, next next up is a Megamorphs, and ooh, that smarts. But uh, yes, next up we will be doing Megamorphs number two. I don't have the title of it in front of me, but you'll see it, you know, when I post it. Uh, and I will also try to get this super cut out this week. Um, I'm pretty good about that, so it should happen. Other things, uh, I did get a question uh, on Tumblr. You can send questions in at audiomorphscast.tumblr.com, or you can also do that at Gmail, uh, audiomorphscast at gmail.com, or through my website, theapodcalypse.com. That's the apocalypse, like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Uh, so this question was anonymous and says, Been listening to Audiomorphs, and in book four, when Cassie is morphing back from a squirrel to human, and her dad comes into the barn, she says her squirrel tail is sticking out of her morph suit. Does this mean they had to cut butthole holes? <laughs> And I've been sitting on this for, like, a week, and um, it's haunted my every waking moment. And Anon, I do not have an answer for you uh, why her tail would be sticking out. I mean, I guess it's because uh, when they morph skin-tight skin uh, clothing, it, like, goes over the leotard as if the leotard is part of their skin. So I, I guess it just kind of spruits out there um, through the clothing uh, as if the clothing were skin. I I don't know how else to explain it. I don't think uh, this is the strongest part of the world building. I think Kay Applegate just needed a way for these poor children to still be wearing something uh, when they demorph. And so that's why it is. But I don't know. Maybe she has a butthole flap on her leotard. I don't know. Anything's possible. If you dream it, you can do it. Other than that, uh, delightful ask. I, I don't have a lot left. Um, I already mentioned the ways you can reach me. Uh, please do check out my website, which I mentioned earlier, theapodcalypse.com. It's got um, all the things I do, which is mostly just my rewatch podcast of Riverdale currently. But, you know, something else might happen one day. Um, also, if you use Apple Podcasts and you want to leave me a rating review, I sure would appreciate that. And finally, if you want to tell a friend about this um, and get the word out there, you know. That'd be pretty cool as well. Uh, other than that, you know, I will uh, just all see you next week for Megamorphs number two. Thank you all for listening, and um, onward. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>